Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our first visual episode in maybe a month. Yeah. But we're back. Yeah. We're back in our office. Yeah. I'm glad you're back. Thank you. Um, I'm also glad to be back in Cape Town. Mm. I left for a little while. Mm. And yeah, now me and Mango, we're back. Yeah. And we're ready. We came back two days. We're already back to work. You guys don't know. We're ruthless capitalists over here. <laughs> Ruthless capitalists, um, which brings us to today's topic, mm -hmm. which is the Barbie movie. So mm -hmm. we went to go watch the Barbie movie last night mm -hmm. and um, we already spoke about it for like three hours at length. Yeah, yeah. But what are your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts are that my initial thoughts don't matter. My initial wow. thoughts are that because I'm a man, it's nuts if I give my opinion first. What are but your thoughts? It was also, it was, I think it was just, it was a movie about Ken mm. as much as it was a movie about Barbie. Right. And because it was told from the perspective of Barbie, mm -hmm. we didn't get that much of like Ken's new, we got, yeah. we got some of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Enough to like empathize with him and humanize him, etc. Mm. But because, of course, it was told from the perspective of Barbie, yeah. it delved more into the plight of being a Barbie. I actually think the movie was neither mostly about Barbie or Ken. It was actually about the Latina woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. It, it was mostly from the perspective mm. of the woman playing Barbie, mm. which is a which is a really interesting existential statement to make, mm. which is that if there is a God, mm. is your life God's story or is it your story? You mm. know? Explain. So in the in Barbie land, Barbie is a doll mm -hmm. and the Latina woman is her God. Right. She's the one who plays with Barbie, who imbues all of her feelings and depression yeah. and sadness yeah. into Barbie. Yeah. And I think that was part of the statement of the show, which yeah. is like, whose story is the human story? The right. story about gender, the story about class. It actually didn't talk about class at all. Mm. But anyway, the story about gender, the story, just the story about what it I means see what to be a human. Yeah. Is it really our story or does it say more about mm -hmm. our creator? It's kind of what we were saying last episode where it's like Barbie's literal thoughts were not her own. They, they were coming from a corporation's office in Los Angeles, you know, yeah. which is like, how different is that than real life? But even beyond that, they were coming from the person who bought her from the corporation, <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah, it, it, I think, yeah, the movie was very existential in that way. Also, spoiler alert, this entire oh, right, episode yeah. is going to be... In a, if you haven't watched Barbie, pause. It's fine. Greta Gerwig doesn't need more money. It's yeah, fine. that's also... Yeah, it's fine. Just go pirate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pause. Mm -hmm. Go watch the movie. Come back. Um, but yeah, I thought the underlying existential statement of the show mm -hmm. was that you are not who you think you are. Mm. You are the culmination mm. of all of the feelings, anxieties, hopes and dreams of your creator. Mm. 
and all of the hopes and dreams and feelings and desires that you have are actually none of them are yours mm -hmm. which again as you say goes back to what we were talking about in a previous episode which is that none of your thoughts are yours anyway right. so why do we attach to them so much mm -hmm. so i thought that was an interesting beyond the themes of gender mm -hmm. i thought that was an interesting analysis of the human condition mm -hmm. um and then as far as gender goes... Yeah, what did you take away from it, like, as a woman who grew yeah. up playing with Barbies that went to see this movie? It was for I, you, like, it wasn't for, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. What did you What did you take away from it? I actually agreed with the underlying takeaway about gender that the movie had, mm. which is that freedom is inherently oppressive. Explain. So I've said this before... Lots of times, actually, and this is why, mm. as you all know, if you're an OG Bobo's Void fan, you know how I feel about dictatorships. Yeah. You know how I feel. You know how I feel about fascism. I think they know. I think you guys yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But what I think the Barbie movie was trying to say is that freedom is inherently oppressive. Mm. For Barbie to be free, Kens were oppressed, and when the Kens took over to be free, the Barbies were oppressed. Freedom inherently comes at the cost of someone else's freedom, mm. which is why it's an illusion. Mm. The only true freedom is freedom from the self, freedom from your attachment to your thoughts, mm -hmm. freedom from your attachment to your emotions, freedom from your attachment to all of these transient things mm. that flow in and out of you, that are transient, that feel like they have so much to do with you, but in actuality have nothing to do with you at all. Mm. The only freedom is that. All other freedoms come at the cost of other people's freedoms, so they're not freedom. Right. And I think that's what they were trying to say, which is that, yeah, look at Barbie land and look at human land. In Barbie land, mm. women are free and look at the Kens, mm. look at the men. In human land, men are free and look at the women. Mm. And even at the end of the day, the freedom we have, the freedom that women have in Barbie land and the freedom that men have in human land mm -hmm. is also illusory because the, those freedoms are so oppressive. Mm -hmm. The freedom to be a man, mm -hmm. which is having the whole world at your oyster, mm -hmm. is so anxiety inducing that it ends up becoming a prison anyway. Right. So the underlying theme mm -hmm. which i think goes for any type of political freedom whether it be gender abolition or like feminism mm. or black liberation or class liberation all of these are fundamentally and ultimately futile mm -hmm. because they will never free anyone from anything really mm. And the only freedom you could actually have, the only freedom that Barbie could actually have mm -hmm. is freedom from identifying with the thoughts, the unending thoughts of death mm -hmm. that she thought were her own. Mm -hmm. And in realizing that those thoughts were actually the Latina woman's thoughts. Right. In other words, those thoughts were actually the creator's thoughts and they yeah. actually have nothing to do with her. Mm -hmm. She was free. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't free at the expense of anyone else. Mm. So I think that was um, the second existential mm. theme of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, the first is about identity. Like, mm -hmm. who are you? Are you 
your thoughts? Are you your own feelings? Or are you the person observing and mm. experiencing those thoughts and feelings? Mm -hmm. So that was the first thesis. Mm. The second was, is any type of material freedom truly liberating? Or is the only type of freedom, the freedom from attachment to what's going on internally, mm -hmm. your emotions, your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And yeah, clearly there was no other freedom for Barbie, but to acknowledge that everything she's been thinking and feeling mm. was, was not her. Was not her. Yeah, yeah. And she is actually just the person experiencing mm -hmm. those thoughts and feelings mm -hmm. but ultimately they are her creators thoughts right. and feelings mm -hmm. what are your thoughts i don't think they thought that much about it but oh, inherently okay. <laughs> yeah i think that you're right because how much of the thoughts that go into like a young girl's mind are programmed by mattel and yeah. a bunch of other multinational corporations yeah, and, absolutely you know and you know something that I actually really hate about our generation and the way we critique art is we critique art for what it is not. And oh. I and I don't like that. So it's what like, do you mean? I don't know, every incel on the internet's opinion on the Barbie movie is about what it isn't, you know? Mm. It's like grown-ass 40-year-old Ben Shapiro going to the movie theater and being like, it didn't. it's like, first of all, you're 40. Yeah. It's a Barbie movie. Yeah. You're yeah. a 40-year-old man Why going do you to a have Barbie a 45-minute rant? Right, complaining about what something isn't. I find that very lazy. I find that very lazy critique mm. to complain about what something isn't. Interesting. So I don't, I don't, and nothing I'm about to say is a critique of the actual movie. Yeah. Something that I think is also worth talking about that they hint at in a few very good jokes in the movie is like the patriarchy's effect on men and how yeah. it sort of gaslights them into yeah. thinking that it's something in their own best interest. Mm. The best joke in the movie to me, the thing that made me laugh the hardest mm. is when Ken goes, oh, I thought patriarchy was just about riding on horses. I didn't know it was about all this bullshit. Yeah. yeah you know, like yeah, we've yeah. also been bamboozled into thinking that this system is in our own best interest mm. when there are really just things that men like and that men like doing. Yeah. And we're told that the only way to get to do them is to do this oppressive system where yeah. you treat women like shit. Yeah. Where it's like, nah, dog, you could just go ride horses. Yeah. You could yeah. just go do <laughs> yeah. like... Yeah. A lot of young boys are tricked into thinking the things that they think are cool mm. come with this oppressive system, yeah. like cars and being, you know, like boys like boy things, but that doesn't inherently have to be attached to this system. Mm. You know what I mean? But I think that's something, and by the way, it's not a critique of the movie, because once again, it's not fair to judge something by what it isn't. You know yeah. what I mean? But it did enforce this idea, which I don't think is bad, but actually just antiquated of this whole like, men are like this and women are like that mm. you know what i mean do you think it was doing a lot of gender essentialism it was but i don't think that's a critique because that's what made it a good movie right you know what yeah. i mean they're yeah. the perfectly woke and progressive movie is actually nothing there's no conflict you get right. what i mean yeah so yeah, like yeah. it's not a good critique of it as a movie i'm the first one to say listen i care way more about art yeah. than something being perfectly progressive i i'd much prefer a good movie mm. the gender essentialism is what made it funny so right? so they, that's yeah. not a critique yeah my point is that the movie is actually far more good than it is progressive Yes, so people yeah, who are yeah. sort of championing it for being progressive, I'm a bit confused by. Because yeah, it's no. far funnier than it is like genuinely moving the world in a good direction. Oh, yeah. Well, you I know? don't think anything that is done on a mass scale could be progressive. There's no such right. thing. Something Here's um, something I really want to talk about, though. This yeah. is actually like my biggest takeaway. Because I thought the movie was great. I enjoyed it. Whatever. Mm. We are fully in the age 
of commodified anti-capitalism. Yes. And that fucking terrifies me. Why? That's actually my biggest takeaway. The gender, I don't, I don't know. The biggest takeaway is that mm. I cannot believe that we're at this late of a stage of capitalism. Yeah, where the capitalists are selling you your own revolution. Right. Yeah. So it's like, as far yeah. as the last three big movies coming out of America, you got the new Spider-Man movie, you got the new Barbie movie, and you got Oppenheimer. What's the Spider-Man movie about? Spider-Man movie is just about Spider-Man. There's this moment where there's this huge black hole that's about to kill everyone and mm. one of the characters breaks the fourth wall, looks at the audience directly and goes, it's an analogy for capitalism. Mm. They're selling you the ability to resist. And we all know that and they've been doing that forever. But I think the thing that's very, very scary about right now mm. is how consolidated all entertainment is. So it's like there's five studios that control everything mm. and they're now selling you your own ability to resist them. Yes. And yeah. the ultimate takeaway of the Barbie movie, although it claims to kind of be like an anti-capitalist movie, is it's a neoliberal feminism movie. It's all mm. about representation. Yeah, the core yeah. theme is the idea that if you put women in charge, everything will be great. Yeah. You don't actually yeah. have to interrogate the roles at all. You don't have to interrogate the fact that, well, is the Supreme Court a fair system? Why do we have 12 people making decisions for the entire... No, it's just we just need women in the Supreme Court. Mm. Just, and I think there's something very dangerous about something that is masquerading as an anti-capitalist movie that is really a girl boss feminism movie. Right. You it's, know what I mean? It's Well, that's interesting. So there were a few things in the movie that actually were a bit confusing. So I want to know your thoughts. Mm. Well, A, I love the op one of the opening lines of the movie, which is that Barbie is happy every day, but mm. Ken is only happy when Barbie's looking at her. Right. And that's a great yeah, yeah. summary of gender relations. Yeah. Men are happy every day. Mm -hmm. Women are only happy when men are looking at us. Right. That pretty much summarizes gender relations in 2023 and mm -hmm. beyond. Mm -hmm. But then we go on to see the way Barbie and Ken relate and engage with each other mm -hmm. which i think was supposed to represent modern love yeah which is that men under patriarchy mm -hmm. marry and date women out of obligation mm -hmm. not really out of love mm -hmm. they're annoyed to have to do it mm -hmm. in the same way barbie was perpetually annoyed at having to deal with ken yeah and there's a scene at the beginning of the movie mm. where Ken wants to sleep over in Barbie's house because they're dating. Yeah. And she's like, no, it's girls night. Yeah. And she's like, this is Barbie's dream house, not Ken's dream house. Mm. And I think that was supposed to represent how men feel about marriage. Yeah. And how men feel like that. This is the state of modern love. <laughs> yeah. It's about tolerance. Saturdays are for the boys. You know, yeah, it's yeah. about like tolerating the other gender, not right. loving them, not understanding them, not even seeing them. Yeah. And but something I didn't quite understand mm. is why did Barbie bought and I guess this goes back to like, you could ask this for men in today's age. Mm. Why was Barbie ever dating Ken if she never liked him well, to begin with? There's the question. What is romantic love for? Because what's interesting is Ken doesn't even live in the Barbie dream house yeah. at all. Yeah. It's not like they have to share living expenses, living expenses. <laughs> they don't have to bust down a mortgage. <laughs> Why was Barbie even with Ken to begin with? Right. Yeah. What is your answer for that? Not to answer your question with a question on some yeah. Jordan Peterson shit, but I, I've noticed that 
there is a rejuvenated interest and insistence on gender essentialism recently oh. i'm talking about like the past maybe five seven years mm. this idea of like girls wear pink boys wear blue the division along gender lines mm. almost seems as bad as ever quite honestly and, yeah. and i know that there are aesthetic things that blur the lines like men dressing more feminine and women dressing more masculine but mm culturally and the way we feel and the way we relate to each other yeah i don't know if there's ever been like a deeper chasm in our culture like mm. if there's ever been less men and women who are platonic friends if there's ever been less shared activities between men and women yeah and i think that a lot of this like renewed interest in gender essentialism is actually a lot of people's reaction to how much capitalism has flattened gender and actually made us all a genderless blob worker bee you know, so now like, that men and women physically look as similar as ever, work the same jobs as ever, mm. you know, now we almost view gender essentialism as a comfort to validate ourselves mm. because we're actually both men and women yeah. kind of disappointed yeah. by the genderless, compressed, flattened cogs in mm. this machine that we've become. Yeah. So things like the Barbie movie or things like joe rogan or, or things that embody these like hyper masculine and feminine things mm. we now view as like an actual big comfort you know yeah. um but that being said I, I think like the extent to which we don't really want to spend time with each other to mm. answer your question is maybe because we're so deprived of feeling as if we belong in our gender because we live such genderless lives at this point yeah. that we only want to be with each other. Men only want to be with other men because we are trying to reclaim our masculinity. Mm. Women only want to be with other women because they're trying to reclaim their femininity. Because at the end of the day, we're all sharing a cubicle for 10 hours a day. Interesting. And like, I, I, at the end of the day, whether you think gender is good or bad, people are clearly craving it. Mm. Like every woman wants to be in their soft girl era. Yeah, every yeah. man wants to be this like... There's all know, these feminine coaches yeah. coming up or the masculinity coach Andrew Tate yeah, yeah. and I, I think that's something that we've never really had a blatantly honest conversation in our society about is the fact that this whole men and women working together thing sharing mm. space all the time sharing gender neutral spaces of commerce mm. is something that hasn't even been happening for a hundred years yet. it's, it's a post-world war ii thing and I don't know if we ever really had a brutally honest conversation as a society yeah. on the effects of that. I guess like second and third wave feminism was kind of that. But that was arguing rightfully so on the behalf of women, not really having a general societal conversation right. about how this has changed so many dynamics that yeah. we can't pretend like it's all the same. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Like we are in 2023 kind of genderless cogs mm. to the people that actually run the whole world. Do you think Jeff thinks about like, well, how are we going to treat the women? All you niggas got to piss in a bottle. I don't yeah. care whether you have a pussy. I don't care where you have a dick. <laughs> yeah. You're all going to piss in a bottle in the mm. Amazon fulfillment center. So the people who run this world don't view us as genders. Because they don't have to anymore. Because cognitively, men and women are basically equal. They don't really care mm. about the difference. We care. Yeah. And, you know, and, and well, we're this... trying to reclaim that. And I think something about that is very, very toxic or leading to something very mm. toxic. Well, this begs another question that I wonder if the Barbie movie was trying to unpack, mm. which is that gender, similar to religion, mm is an ideology but also an identity mm. do humans need gender to survive <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the first half of this conversation. If you're interested in listening to the rest of this conversation, you will find it on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Bobo's Void, or you can just click on the link in the description box below. So patreon.com slash Bobo's Void, or just click on the description box below. Thank you.